0: Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on MoneyFM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. Joining me in the studio, Prime Times Finance presenter, JP Ong. Uh, since yesterday, the SDI started to um, move backwards and it seems like the move backward
1: hasn't stopped. No, it has not, actually. The Straits Times Index, uh, at the start of the new month, mind you, mm-hmm. finds itself in the hole at the moment. Uh, 15 points down, that's a 0.6% decline. 2,517 is where the local bank benchmark currently trades. And again, you're seeing fairly muted trading activity at the moment. Value turnover only at about $427 Singapore dollars at this stage. Usually we see about 600 to 650 around this time. A lot of traders here at least inching into September a bit more sluggishly. Some might blame this on potentially the Hungry Ghost Month, people maybe not taking too many risks. But uh, there is a sense that uh, markets are looking for a bit of a uh, some new direction, a sense of what now, where do we take markets? Now, there are a few reasons to be a bit optimistic, I think, when you look at the global landscape. For one, U.S. stocks have hit another all-time high. Yesterday was momentous because both Apple and Tesla conducted or started trading after those uh, their much-vaunted share splits, but that particularly drove Tesla higher and saw Elon Musk um, overtake Mark Zuckerberg in terms of wealth. So this mm-hmm. is a race of the centi-billionaires, as they call it. And you also have some uh, encouraging PMI data from China today. The Caixin PMI index, and we saw an expansion with regards to their official manufacturing case. The Caixin PMI which tracks some of the smaller and medium-sized factories in China. This expanded by one of its aggressive expansions, at least in years. Uh, The Saishin PMI coming at about 53.1, which in any uh, economy is a healthy and very impressive expansion. Um, Japan's PMI figures coming at 47.8, South Korea at 48.5, but also signs that the manufacturing contraction in these two industrial powerhouses is starting to ease. And there's also news, at least out of South Korea, that they are going to prepare even more stimulus for their economy after they revealed that the second quarter GDP fell by 3.2% out in South Korea. So that stimulus is actually helping South Korean markets today. Mount uh, significant and, and respectable gains. The South Korean KOSPI in Seoul is up by about 1% in today's session. The Nikkei 225 trading in the red, but really just down by about 1.5 points. So it's just a very sluggish start as well for markets out in Tokyo. In Shanghai today, the Shanghai Composite looking a bit sheepish, just up by 1.5 points. The Shenzhen Board's only adding 30 points to its register. The Taiwan weighted stock exchange up by about 92 points. And in Hong Kong, the Hang Seng also looking a little bit meh at the start of September. They are up at least, or in the green, but trading only 69 points higher. The one market that's probably feeling a bit more of a pinch today is the Australian ASX 200, which has fallen by 1.7%. Now, the Reserve Bank of Australia decided to keep their cash rate unchanged once again. But they are bracing for those official GDP numbers which are about to come out tomorrow, which will confirm that Australia will fall into a recession for the first time since the early 1990s. And they're also facing mounting and increasing uh, tensions, at least with diplomatic tensions with, with China. There is a second probe into Australian wine imports into mainland China and also uh, news, at least of a, an Australian journalist who's been working with CGTN or one of the prominent cable news networks in uh, in Beijing she's apparently been put on what they call on on under surveillance at least or government surveillance. So there's a few things that are circulating at least around Australia it's keeping markets there especially down but again when you look at losses here and across the rest of the region or even gains on this very mixed day no one really is standing out in, term, in, in any sense and I think everyone is really just asking themselves well where else can we take this at the moment? Do we follow Wall Street's lead and try to mount a steady recovery or do we stay a bit more um, do we stay a bit more reticent at the moment and perhaps just hold our cards closer to our chest. Again, OK, so the Straits Times Index is down by half a percent. But again, this is in no way, shape or form a meltdown. We're just down by about 13 points, really. Or maybe we're just having a mess start to September. It's also possible that people are just taking stock of the fact that we are now in September. I know, right? And this year has pretty much been... We talk about the Hungry Ghost Month. What about the Hungry Virus? that's pretty much gobbled up our entire year, with the exception of what, January? So (laughs) perhaps it's just a a sense of sitting down, taking stock of everything at the Mm -hmm. moment, and people just saying, hey, well, where else can we take this? Again, do we follow Wall Street's lead and continue to be exuberant, or do we exercise a little bit more prudence at the moment? And so far, markets are either up or down, but really nobody is, with the exception of Australia, nobody is really impressing in today's session in terms of gains or losses.
0: You know, I have to say that if if our 2020 ended today, I would not miss it.
1: Mm, I think everybody, <laughs> I think everybody would would agree with you actually on that.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm quite ready for a brand new year and a brand new circumstance. All right, now we were following this story for a while. I think a lot of people were, especially those of us who like a little bit of gossip in our lives. Mm-hmm-hmm. Um, and there is an update on Axington.
1: Yes, Axington, and it is official. Four of their directors have resigned, and yes, that includes their new non-executive chairwoman, who, Evangeline Shen. Sorry, let me get let me get her her name right. Miss Shen, who is 32 years old, apparently was just appointed their new non-independent and non-executive chairman in sometime in the mid uh, middle of July, and already there have been some questions um, raised about her about her suitability to lead Axington g- Axington by the SGX Red call So according to Axington, in their official release, they say that she has left because of strategic changes expected to be made in the business direction of the of this particular company. Now, Ms. Shen also co-founded the scandal hit Bellagraph Nova Group, as we know, just to recap for our listeners there, as uh, after a merger of uh, the private investment company Door Group that's held by two of Axington's controlling shareholders, Terrence and Nelson Tho. And they actually did admit that there were doctored images on their website of them alongside a Photoshop former U.S. President Barack Obama and has also drawn in- intense scrutiny because they are also, or were in the running at least, to bid for English Premier League club Newcastle United. So because of this, they have said that uh, that Axington has now engaged, this, uh, the SGX Redco has now ex- engaged Axington sponsor Nova's Corpor- Corporate Finance to ask them about how they assess the experience, expertise, character and integrity of their directors also. She's not the only one who stepped down though, Wong Soon Yu, who is Axington's non-independent, non-executive director and a member of their audit committee has also tendered his resignation as of Friday last week. Marjorie Lowe, who is a cousin, who is the sister of Mr. Terrence Lowe, has also registered as an executive director and member of Axington's nominating committee. And uh, Chua Siong-kyat, Kiat, is a chairman of the audit committee and member of the nominating committee, has also decided to resign. So there is a massive shake-up in the board of Axington in the wake of all of these questions, all of these um, uncertainties that have been raised about this particular com- company. Keep in mind that these resignations. Also follow last week's resignation of U.S. ambassador, former U.S. ambassador to Singapore, Kirk Wagger, who quit as Axington's independent director. Now, currently, Axington is left with only two members on the board: um, independent directors. Low- Lo Junri and Roberto Donna at the moment. So th- there you go, have it, a shake-up out up in, Ax- uh, in Axington, but still a lot of questions surrounding some of the, the, the suitability or exactly what the group does, whether or not these doctored images speak to the integrity or character of that entire group. This is what's led to their shares, at least, really shaking and a lot of investors pulling out in the recent times, which is why they've asked for trading suspension.
0: From one interesting uh, story to another, <coughs> Keppel Corporation ha- is definitely in the news <coughs> as of this morning from the opening bell because because of some new developments. So first tell us what their stocks are doing, right? All
1: now. right. So uh, uh, one step ahead of you, Keppel Corporation has uh, is trading about 0.9% lower. Now, this could be because of the news, but it could be just because a lot of the conglomerates are also taking a step back. Remember, the STI is down by about half a percent. Most of these blue chips are all pulling back. This could just be market-driven. That's also claimed Keppel Corporation today. They're trading $0.04 cents lower at four, $4.54 apiece. Now, the news about Keppel is that their associate, the Swedish... um the Swedish group Flotel International and an ad hoc committee of, of, uh, of investors that hold 400 million US dollars in senior secured um, 9% bonds have now extended the forbearance agreement uh, between between two, which basically means Flotel International, which had to pay these bonds, which had a forbearance agreement that was expiring in August 31, now have that extended until September 15, so they do not have to make payments at the moment. Um, the, this ad hoc committee holds more than 56% of the outstanding amount owed by Flotel, which is an associate company of Keppel Corporation. The reason to bring up Flotel also is because in the second quarter, Flotel recognized that massive impairment loss that's caused them to write down a number of their assets, which then led to Keppel Corporation registering one of their biggest net losses mm, in the mm, company's history. Mm. And also eventually led to Tamasek, who begrudgingly decide to pull out of their proposed bid for a majority stake in Keppel Corporation. Of course, this whole shakeup has also called into question... Uh, speculation or or the possibility of a merger between keppel corporation's uh oil and gas assets and samcorp marine which all Temasek is also backstopping at the moment but uh I, I, it's interesting because when I was speaking to you know i was speaking to an was uh, a fund manager just a, uh, about a week ago, and he did note also that look keep in mind that despite the fact that Keppel has pulled out or will not be taking majority stake in keppel in uh Temasek will not be taking majority stake in keppel Temasek is still keppel 's one of, if not Keppel's uh, largest, uh, uh, shareholding group, about 20 21 percent. So, if they really wanted to push forward any potential mergers or restructurings at Keppel Corporation, and perhaps any acquisitions of other companies down the road, they still have some serious clout to do that. Actually, it's just that at the moment, because of these impairments, because some of those material adverse clauses were breached, they can't. Uh, I guess they just realized that they can't move ahead and with this pro- with uh, their bid to take a majority stake in Keppel Corporation, but still, a lot of these deals might not actually be dead in the water. It's just that Temasek will just not be a majority shareholder in Keppel. For now. For now, at least. And uh, maybe if things improve, maybe if market conditions improve, maybe if oil markets start to improve, um, it might uh, ma- it might rationalize a potential uh, majority bid, at least for Keppel Corporation. But that is not the case at the moment, because there is so much uncertainty right now uh, with regards to the virus that's also hitting these commodity markets.
0: Yeah, well, again, I say, wouldn't it be nice if 2020 ended
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey. And I think we're not the only ones who would wish that. But I, but you know, I, I will, I will say, um, and I hate to pour cold water over the over this. Um, just because we turn the, the the quarter does not mean that things will become better. Come twenty twenty one because there's still a lot of uncertainty about whether or not we can control this pandemic, right?
0: All right, let me let me add a nuance to that. Then I am done. Please with, do. I am done with twenty twenty. When I wake up tomorrow, I'd like it to be twenty twenty one. I'd like to be able to travel. <laughs> I w- I'd like a vaccine to have been sorted out. I don't ask for
1: much, JP. I just want to annoy my dad and my sister in Christmas. That's really all I want to do.
0: <laughs> I want to annoy my son in Melbourne. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Or I'd like him to come home and annoy us in our homes. Yes. Either way fine. It, that
1: is what the holidays are for, really, to annoy each other. To, Absolutely. This yeah. is
0: when families get to annoy each other. <laughs> this is Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> and on that cheerful note, this has been Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. He's JP Ong, who will be back for another Market View on primetime. Before acting on the information on Money FM,